Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to episode 312 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with Robert. How are you doing? I am doing good. How are you doing today? I'm very, very well. Once again, stepping in for Bex, who is away still and uh, buried under piles of work. So uh, she's slowly getting through things. She was, uh, I noticed, cooking a cake yesterday. I'm not sure how that turned out. I don't know whether you caught that stream. But... Nothing caught on fire, so that's, that's always good... a plus. Yeah, yeah, particularly where she's concerned. So uh, if she got out out of it without injuring herself that's a good start go and find bex over on twitch.com forward slash trista bytes b-y-t-e-s always fun to go and watch her what have you been up to the last few weeks the normal stuff i had to move recently over here in the u.s the housing market has just gone pants on head crazy with yes. everything selling 20 to 30 percent above what it really should be because wow. no idea why um so the house that i was renting got sold so i had to move so that took up quite a bit of time outside of that uh just the normal stuff you know watching series in on tv you know trying to catch up on video games not really have enough time for all of it combined so any particular interesting series or games you've been playing well i finally got past that one boss battle ish in uh, yakuza like a dragon that's been plaguing me for a while <laughs> sadly that was not the end of the game i still apparently have quite a bit more of the game to go through so i'm still plowing through that update 26 came out for State of Decay 2, so I've been checking that out a little bit. Uh, the big three games that I play all have big updates coming out this month. Seven Days to Die has uh, Alpha 20 coming out towards the end of the month. Valheim has Hearth and Home coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, Medieval Dynasties 1.0 full release comes out Ooh. towards the end of the month. And New World, the open beta just finished, and that game should be coming out within the next month or so. So kind of busy month for me. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff with updates coming out. Medieval Dynasty, I updated. I haven't actually kind of gone back into it yet, but I do have that game. I played it a while ago and I haven't been back to it. So I need to pick that up again. What's the state of State of Decay 2? Because I played that very very early on how's that these days i mean it's still a good you know survival simulator that just happens to have zombies in it the update 26 they did the full hd remake of trumbull valley which was the original state of decay ah. and that has a full extended story mode few new achievements new weapons things like that it's one of those games that you could sink just a crazy amount of hours into yes i played the first one quite a bit and then the second one when it first released was 
a little bit janky when I tried it. So I kind of didn't go back to it that much, but I need to dig that out again because I have got it somewhere on my hard drive. So I, I need to update that. Well, the thing with the original State of Decay is it was uh, Summer of Games on the Xbox Arcade. So the original game itself had to be under two gigs as a file size, right. which is kind of wild to think about. And there was a lot of jank to it, but it also just got crazy popular really quick. Yeah. They didn't release actual sales numbers because Microsoft doesn't really do that, but they had a leaderboard for like zombie kills. And so they had half a million people on the leaderboard within the first two weeks of the game. So, right. Okay. I do need to go back and play with that because I like the world and I like what they did with it. And it's almost like a sort of walking dead ish thing where you create this little group of people and some of them die off but you end up picking up like more people and stuff so you're it's a really well thought out kind of walking dead world type simulator which i rather like it was quite fun to play through the first one like i say, i didn't really mess with the second one that much but i will go back and have another look at that what about tv what sort of shows have you been watching well the legends of tomorrow just finished up i actually gotta watch that finale after we finish recording because matt Matt and I over at Entertainment Talk are going to do the season wrap up of that. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot of new TV out. We're kind of in a weird dead zone right now. Um, Most of it is just reality shows that the studios had banked that they didn't show (laughs) that they're now letting out. So things like uh, MasterChef. I've been watching a little bit of that. I'm not so much into the the trash reality, like Big Brother, things like that. Yeah. I don't watch any of those. So I think all the seasons of Big Brother combined, I might have seen maybe 10 minutes total. <laughs> um, and that's on accident. Yeah. I'm more into the, the semi-reality shows of people actually doing things. Yeah. So like when we talked that one time about The Curse of Oak Island, those are the shows that I really get into. Yeah. So um, there's a show called uh, Gold Rush. It's all about gold mining in uh, northern Canada. That one always holds my interest just because you're talking about $4 million machines purpose-built to dig gold out of the ground. Right, yeah. So it's more those sort of... Um, people the, doing things. Yeah, yeah the documentary-led things. So real people, but actually doing stuff, not a bunch of vapid idiots stuck in a house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's about it. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of gaming. There was a sale on, so I had got most of the DLC, but I... I bought a few more bits of the uh, the DLC for Tropico 6. I hadn't been back to that game in a very, very long time. I mean, if I'm sure a lot of people will know the Tropico series because it's been around forever. It's a base building game or a city building game where you start off as the governor of this little island and end up becoming El Presidente of this island nation as you sort of get out from under the thumb of your oppressors. And it goes through various different ages, so you start way back in 1800 and something and then it kind of goes through to modern day and each of the dlc adds additional features so the latest one which was the festival dlc adds kind of party things that you can put in where they give you bonuses to certain buildings and stuff but a lot of the dlc comes with additional missions so the bigger dlcs the festival and caribbean skies ones actually add about 12 completely new missions to it the smaller dlcs add individual slightly longer missions but they're individual kind of scenarios and the purpose of a lot of those is really to introduce you to the new mechanics that they introduce in the game but most of that 
also comes with quite a fun story mode as well. So you end up with a sort of jumping through time thing in the Festival and the Caribbean Skies DLC where you start off in modern times and then it sort of sends you back to the beginning of time as well. So that's just really fun. I love the humour in those games. It's a really good, solid city building game. Well worth checking out. I don't know whether the sale's still running at the moment, but uh, though it was on Steam for a discounted price for a while. There's always sales on Steam at various points, so it's worth checking out if you haven't tried the uh, Tropico games yet. Uh, they're all worth playing, but uh, the Tropico 6 is particularly fun with the DLC. In terms of new TV shows, I've only really watched one this week, Only Murders in the Building, which is an FX on Hulu show in the US. It's going out on Star on Disney Plus over here. Really, really fun show. They released the first two episodes. I believe they released three episodes in the US, but they only released two over here for some reason. It's Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez as the three leads. So Steve Martin's an aging actor who used to play an 80s TV detective, Martin Short is the struggling Broadway director and Selena Gomez is somebody else that lives in the same building as the other two and claims to be renovating her aunt's apartment. That's the sort of setup for it. And they're the three main characters. There is a death in the building and they all get kicked out while the police come in and work out what happened with this death. They end up meeting at a restaurant and discover that they're all obsessed with this true crime podcast and start to bond over it. They become convinced that the death in the building is a murder, not a suicide, which is what the police claim it is, and start to investigate it further and begin to develop it into their own true crime podcast. So it's kind of a lot of humour in there, obviously, with Steve Martin and Martin Short. Selena Gomez fits into that sort of trio quite well because she's kind of the outsider of the group. And I think that works really well because Martin Short and Steve Martin have worked very, very well together. So it sort of it, it fits that she's slightly on the outside of it. Very, very funny, really interesting story. It becomes fairly apparent very early on that one of the three, you could probably guess which one, but one of the three knows more about about the person that was killed than she I've said it now but she is letting on but that is pretty much obvious from right from the very beginning so that's not really giving anything away very very fun well well worth watching that is available on star on disney plus it's on fx on hulu in the u.s did you have hulu over there yeah hulu is actually part of the disney plus package mm-hmm. so you get uh, disney plus hulu and espn plus which is the extended part of a sports channel yeah so. that's available on fx on hulu over there i believe some of the fx on hulu stuff doesn't actually air on fx which is a bit weird there's actually a, a sub sub channel called called FXX, which is where some of that stuff appears. Right. It's very confusing. Yes. It's a very odd model they have. But um, yeah, the FX on Hulu stuff doesn't always appear on FX or even on FFX, apparently. That is airing weekly on Star on Disney Plus in the UK, um, FX on Hulu in the US. So it's called Only Murders in the Building and uh, well worth looking up if you want to catch that. Walking Dead, still working through that, of course, doing season 11 with Matt on Wednesdays over on Entertainment Talk. C, continuing on Apple TV+. Plus. I'm really enjoying that. They've definitely stepped things up for the second season. It's got sort of a more 
epic kind of looking more at the wider world of sea and uh, has a kind of Game of Thrones almost feel in places to it. The good bit of Game of Thrones, not the final season of Game of Thrones. And Vigil, which is still airing on BBC One over here, that's on its third episode. And that's kind of one of those bodyguard-esque type of dramas set on a nuclear submarine where there's been a murder. That's been really good. The third episode just went out last night for that. So I've been really enjoying that. The other thing I'm continuing to watch, I've got a couple of episodes left, is Kevin Can F Himself. I'm still continuing that, which is on Amazon over here. That has been absolutely superb. It's a really, really interesting show. This is the one we've talked about a couple of times, which is on the surface looks like a sort of normal sitcom. But when the Kevin character isn't on screen, it becomes this dark single camera dramedy, which follows the wife and her dealing with all the stupid stuff that the lead character does. It jars a little bit on the first episode until you get kind of into the groove with it. But once you get the hang of it, it's really, really solid. Very dark and interesting. There was a character that popped up this week and I was like looking at him thinking, I'm sure I know that face. I can't place who it is. Robin Lord Taylor, who played Penguin on Gotham, pops up almost completely unrecognisable. He pops up as this sort of quite shady character about four episodes in and it was one of those things that I was just looking at him thinking I'm sure I recognise him and really couldn't place the face so uh, I re- hats off to him because that was completely different sort of role for him so great to see him on there but uh, that's a very very solid series and that's on Amazon right now I don't know whether you've caught any of that yet I know Matt's been watching it yeah Matt's been watching it I honestly don't know what streaming service I can watch it on I haven't had a chance to really look into it it does look interesting I've been going over the cast here. So it's, you know, all people that you would recognize from something or other. Obviously, Robin Lord Taylor from the Gotham series. Man, did that show get weird really quick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something I'm going to have to check out as soon as I get a chance to. I'm on the IMDb page now. It looks like it's part of AMC. Yes. So it depends whether you've got access to AMC over there. Yeah. Definitely one worth checking out and really interesting and different. Like I say, the first episode kind of... Well, you get used to it jars a little bit because you like I, I'm not sure what this is and whether this works or not but once it finds its groove in the sort of second episode it's really really solid and very very dark and interesting so well well worth watching that one that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some TV and film news Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So we start off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. One cancellation this week. Uh, it's a show that's not actually aired over here yet. It was a CW series called The Republic of Sarah. 
it's been cancelled after one season, which in some ways is quite impressive because it's very, very difficult to get yourself cancelled on the CW. They rarely cancel anything. It only performed better than two of the shows on the network, one being Wellington Paranormal and the other one being Dead Pixels, both of which are imports and therefore doesn't really cost CW any money other than what they paid for them to actually buy them in in the first place. It was getting uh, 326,000 weekly viewers and had a 0.05 demo rating, which is not great. I don't know whether you caught any of that. It was, uh, like I say, it was a CW show. So, Well, weirdly enough, anything CW, I have to catch on demand the next day after because the broadcast channel that shows it, I can't get because locally that station actually shut down. So anything CW, if it doesn't pop up in the next episode on the CW app on my Xbox, I don't even know what it is. So (laughs) Right. Uh, The show was something about a a woman who sort of declares her town as its own state, I think was the idea of it. I mean, it sounded like quite a fun premise, but apparently didn't land particularly well. That will not be coming back, but that's been cancelled after one season. Fury Newell's Big Shot, which is the John Stamos basketball drama, I think it was, that Mm -hmm. will be back for a second season. Unsolved Mysteries, that is being renewed for a third season on Netflix. That's going to land in 2022. That was a really good show. It's it's so weird when you look that up because it's been running for years and has bounced across about five different networks until it finally... Yeah, that's been off and on various channels since like the early 80s. Yeah, really interesting. The first couple of seasons of that i really enjoyed that so uh been a good pickup for netflix but that's back for a third season on netflix in 2022 and reservation dogs which is another fx on hulu series that has been renewed for a second season which means it's going to return in 2022 that is coming to star on disney plus in the autumn over here but we don't know exactly when but that's uh co-created by takita wahiti about a group of boys on a native american reservation in the US. That looks like it could be quite good. It's been getting decent reviews, so uh, one to check out, I think. Over on to the pickups, we've got a few early air dates. You is returning for its season three premiere on Friday the 15th of October. That's on Netflix. That's a little bit earlier than usual. It's usually December, or it has been the last couple of years, so that will be back a little bit earlier than normal, which is good news. I've still got the second season of that to get through did you watch any of that i honestly have not even heard of this show so it's really good is the basic premise of it is it's it's a guy who is essentially a serial killer it's got a little bit of kind of dexter about it in the but he's he's slightly less likable he's basically a serial sort of stalker and uh he uses social media and today's connected world to stalk his victims and you hearing it from his point of view so he's sort of trying to make out that you know he's doing this out of love but basically he's stalking people the first season seems to sort of get into this one relationship and the second season has sort of continued that with a, a different lead so uh, same guy but a different female lead in it so yeah i've been uh, going over the cast on the imdb page and the only person I recognize is Scott Speedman. And that's just because he was a regular on that show, Felicity with Carrie Russell. Right. And that, yeah. how long ago was that? I mean, that's like Greg Gunberg and uh, yeah, 
yeah, that's going back a bit. That Pem Bagley is the uh, lead role, and Victoria Pedretti is Love Quinn, who has been the sort of female lead for season two and for season three as well. Those are the main characters for it, but um, it's good. I'm way behind on the second season. I need to go back and uh, catch up on that, but it's a it's a great show. Wheel of Time has got a premiere date on Amazon Prime Video as well. That's on the 19th of November. They've said that is landing on Amazon Prime. This is one of their big adaptations. It's based on the Robert Jordan novel series of the same name, follows a powerful organization of women who can use magic, takes a group of five young people on a journey around the world, believing one of them might be the reincarnation of the dragon, a powerful individual prophesied to either save the world or destroy it. It's got Rosemary Pike, who is the lead character in that. I know there's been a lot of excitement about this. I don't know the books at all. I've not read them, but there seemed to be a lot of interest in this show. It's one of the first ones we really had of this kind of scale, I think, from Amazon as well. I mean, they've got Lord of the Rings coming, but this was mm-hmm. one of their big kind of adaptations. So were any interested in this? Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out when it comes out. I haven't read the books in a really, really long time. I did see the trailer so i definitely have an interest of it but you're right this is up on the lines of them doing like a dungeons and dragons movie or a Dragonlance movie or something like that it's one of those kind of big iconic franchises so yeah they commissioned a whole bunch of these different things they've got a number of others based on sort of adaptations of big book franchises and i think this is probably the first one that's landed i mean we know lord of the rings is coming at the end of next year there's another one as well they've got a big sci-fi one i mean obviously they took over the expanse as well mm. yeah i'm kind of interested to see how they handle this and how it comes out because there's been a lot of these sort of fantasy witch things floating around just really intrigued to see how well this one comes across the BBC has picked up the UK premiere rights to a show called Bump, which is an Australian comedy drama that follows an ambitious teen girl who has a surprise baby and complications that arise for two families. Don't know much more about it than that. It's an Australian comedy that is coming to a BBC One and BBC iPlayer at some point before the end of the year. We haven't been given an exact date for that. There is a documentary called Being James Bond, which is interestingly being released on the Apple TV app for free. It's going to be on there for a limited time from the 7th of September to the 7th of October. You don't have to pay for it. You don't need an Apple TV Plus subscription. I think they're sort of doing it as a way of hoping people just download the app and then maybe sign up for Apple TV Plus afterwards. I mean, Apple TV Plus has some great shows on it, so it is worth getting the app for that. But this will be on there for free, so you'll be able to go and watch it. So if you're a James Bond fan, the idea of the documentary is that it's following Daniel Craig through his movies and his experience of being James Bond because obviously the upcoming No Time to Die is the last Daniel Craig out next month yeah yeah out next month finally having been bounced around for like you know due to the pandemic it's been pushed back and pushed back but it is coming out that will be the final outing for daniel craig and then the hunt will be on for a new bond that will be coming out on the 7th of september and it'll be on for a month and that's being james bond you can get it for free on apple tv you just need to go and download the app for it 
The other thing that was announced was DC Fandome, which is the second time they've run this big online virtual event. That's going to be on the Saturday, the 16th of October. It's uh, 6 p.m. It starts UK time, 10 a.m. Pacific time in the US. Should be a really good event. The first event was really solid. If they did it like they did last time, rather than doing what they do for a lot of the comic cons, which is drop pre-recorded panels at specific times, they run it as live as a continuous two hour long live stream so you or three hour long or four hour long or something whatever it was they run it as a continuous live stream from 6pm it is over here on the 16th of October they've got a lot of stuff they've announced in terms of what they're covering so on the film side they've said there's going to be new stuff from the Batman the animated film the DC League of Super Pets first look at Black Adam a sneak peek at the Flash movie or also a look behind the scenes at Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and Shazam Fury of the Gods. On the TV side, they're going to be covering Batwoman, The Flash, Superman and Lois and Sweet Tooth, which of course is also a, a DC-based uh, comic book, although it's not connected to anything else, but uh, that also covers in here. They're doing a farewell tribute to Supergirl, which is on its final season, and a celebration of 100 episodes of The Legends of Tomorrow as well. First look at the new DC drama, Naomi, and a sneak peek at upcoming episodes of Stargirl as well. The HBO Max stuff they're covering is the Peacemaker series, the new series DMZ, which looks like it's going to be a limited event series, but that looks like it could be quite good. They're also debuting more surprises and sneak peeks from new series as well as things like Titans and Doom Patrols, which of course are coming back and running at the moment. Warner Brothers Games will be having some new reveals for Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. And the animation department will be showing off the limited series Aquaman, King of Atlantis, Harley Quinn Season 3. There's a new animated Batman thing called Batman Cape Crusader. They're going to give a preview of Young Justice Phantoms, the Injustice animated movie and the animated heist movie Catwoman Hunted. So a lot of stuff to cover in there. Anything particularly leap out at you that you want to say? Yeah, I definitely am interested in the uh, second Shazam movie. I was a big fan of that. I thought it did really well in terms of getting away of the, ooh, I'm dark and brooding. Everything must be dark and brooding kind of the DC universe. Also a huge fan of the Young Justice series. That has quite the storied thing because it did two seasons and then it got cancelled because the merchandise wasn't selling well enough. (laughs) And then uh, HBO Max brought it back for a third season and now it looks like we're getting a fourth season. A lot of interesting storylines in all of them. A lot of time jumps too. Um, There's like a five-year time jump between the first and the second season, which got covered in a a video game that I never heard about. (laughs) And then there's another four or five-year time jump between season two and three. So it'll be interesting to see what's that. Um, Outside of that, most of the HBO Max stuff I haven't seen because that is a $15 a month subscription service over here. So Titans, Doom Patrol, not seeing any of that. The video game stuff, I mean, I'm sure I'll cover it with Matt at some point, but that's not really my style of game that I play 
play on a regular basis, so not a whole lot of interest in that. Any interested in the Batman new film? Uh, not really, just because everything is so disconnected from everything else with, you know, the obvious exceptions. Yeah. You know, The Flash, I'm kind of curious, but I'm more curious that that's going forward, considering all the drama that's gone been going around with Ezra Miller. Also curious that the Aquaman movie movies going forward, considering all the drama with Amber Heard. Yeah. Um, I have been keeping up with uh, Stargirl. Uh, that season two is weekly over here in the States. So it's it's interesting. I'm still super confused with uh, Luke Wilson being in the cast because he's just a uh, human tranquil at this point. So, <laughs> But, you know, it, it's still going and it's still kind of interesting. So I'm keeping my eyes on it. Yeah, I'm enjoying Stargirl, actually, because that's running weekly over here as well. It runs the day after the US on uh, Amazon in the UK. So uh, I've been enjoying Stargirl quite a lot. And Titans has been better this season as well. I've been keeping up with that through the... Uh, I have access to the DC press stuff, so I've been keeping up with uh, Titans. And I think moving that to Gotham actually helped it a lot because it feels a lot more contained and they're handling the um, large cast in a much better way, I think, this season. So that's been quite good. How are you doing on the Arrowverse stuff? What are you now covering? Because uh, you said you're covering Legends. Have you dropped back? woman yet i think you dropped supergirl didn't you i dropped supergirl after the third or fourth season i honestly don't remember which it just stopped being interesting that woman i was done after the first season just because you know ruby rose quit and then they just it's like oh we've got somebody you've never heard of mm. who's not connected to anybody in any way but now she's batwoman makes no sense yeah makes no sense that they're still continuing to make episodes considering that the uh, ratings are absolutely tanked <laughs> yeah they need a scissor lift just to get them up to a gutter level in terms of the number of people watching it yeah that's about it i mean we're still going over with flash it's kind of losing its yeah footing for lack of a better word it's not uninteresting it's just they're running out of things to do yeah uh legends is going but that show's not had direction for quite a long time no but the thing i like about legends is it kind of leans into it it's stupid and it's silly you can kind of get away with a lot more in legends because stupid things happen in that show and you just kind of roll with it and and i i'm sort of okay with them doing that and it just being silly and like over the top i think it's slightly more difficult with the flash i get very frustrated with that show of like i think i mentioned last week uh, the week before that i hated the resolution of the mirror master mistress storyline the sort of saving things with love thing just let him actually do something intelligent as the flash rather than downgrading his powers all the time and i mean it really really annoyed me that so uh, i've seen a few episodes of the superman and lois show and uh, that has been really good from the little bits and pieces i've seen of it yeah the superman and lois is really good in the sense that they focus more on the family and the relationships than the superpowers so they don't really need a whole lot of cgi to pull off him being Superman. And then when they do have that in, it's like very specific and very good. My only real issue with Legends is that, that they still have, uh, obviously he's leaving at the end of the season, but Dominic Purcell really hasn't had a whole lot to do after Wentworth Miller left the show at the end of season one. Yeah. Those two characters together were amazing. And I'm a huge fan of Wentworth Miller's uh, Leonard Snart, a.k.a. Captain Cole, just because he was always a fun, fun person 
person to have around. Yeah. And then I often described Dominic Purcell's on the show as just being a shaved bear wandering around. Um, and if, <laughs> yeah. you ever, if you ever need nightmare fuel, just do a Google image search of a shaved bear. Um, <laughs> horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the show's not bad. It's just they haven't had a real direction since the end of season one. And there's just kind of shuffling along yeah. since then. I do agree. But I also find it kind of entertaining and silly. And I, I think they're still managing to get away with it of, of just being silly and fun. Whereas I think the problem with Supergirl, The Flash and Batwoman is that they try to be far more serious and they're not really landing that either. Superman and Lois, I've really enjoyed, although it doesn't air over here. For some reason, nobody's picked it up. And it's by far, I think, the best out of the current Arrowverse related things, which is a shame. So um, I'm interested to see what they do with Naomi and where that ends up fitting in, because the comic books do actually begin with Superman showing up. So I don't know whether that's going to happen. And that's going to be he's, he's only he's not sort of in it in it there is a battle that superman has at the start of the comic books and he's basically fighting somebody and it comes through this little town where naomi lives and that sort of inspires her so whether they use that or whether they use something else in the uh, show i don't know but it involves multiverse stuff as well so that's a sort of interesting one i'd be intrigued to see how they handle that yeah and they've also never addressed in the superman and lois show the recasting of general lane um <laughs> Yes. From the, the early seasons of Supergirl to now. Also, Lana Lang, which I don't think they're going to bring that actress back for that. So they're right. not, they don't really have to until uh, the actress that plays Supergirl. I know the name. I just oh, um, Melissa Benoist. Yeah, she hasn't been on this season for uh, Superman and Lois. Right. So they don't really have to address that. So, yeah, we don't know exactly whether because there's not really been any crossover stuff. So we don't know whether this version of Superman and Lois, what earth this version are supposed to be on? Are they the same ones that are on the other? I don't know whether they've ever made that particularly clear. Is it? Is this just, you know, is this a different earth to the other Arrowverse stuff? Or is this like, well, because it's shot completely differently to all the others. Yeah, so, and the, the upcoming season, the next season of The Flash is going to have the non-crossover crossover event where they're just bringing a lot of actors in. They're, I know they're bringing back uh, Brandon Routh yeah. for his uh, Adam character, but what's happening with that, it's kind of up in the air so yeah we mentioned last week they're bringing in brandon routh back they're bringing the guy that played ryan Choi, and so whether there's sort of some atom crossover there maybe they're sort of hand off black lightning's coming back for that as well and shyla the woman that plays supergirl's sister whose name escapes me but she's coming on as well so they are bringing a bunch of people that are basically kind of old characters that are no longer regulars on shows and I think that's the reason that they've done it for this big non-crossover event is so they don't have to interfere with the scheduling on all the other shows to kind of make this work because that was always a logistical nightmare for Yeah, I'm on the IMDB page now and, uh, and already confirmed uh, Neil McDonough is reprising his role as Damien Dark Crystal Lay is coming in as uh, Carol Danvers, Yeah, Catherine McNamara is going to be Mia Smoke and yes. Brandon Ralph is going to be Ray Palmer They've got Tony Curran as Despero, which is going to be an interesting mm. um, thing. Obviously, Osric Chow. Some people might remember him for his short run on Supernatural, but let's be honest, yes. that show had 15 season. Who hasn't been on Supernatural? <laughs> that is true. Yeah. 
yes. I've forgotten he played, uh, yeah, he, he was on Supernatural. That was probably his other most notable role, I would think. But um, I hope they do a handoff of the Atom on that. That would be good. I mean, in terms of the other stuff, I need to go and watch some of the Young Justice stuff because I do have access to it. So uh, I need to go and catch up on all that because everybody tells me that that animated series is great. I'm working through Star Wars Rebels at the moment and I'm sort of towards the end of season three at the moment. So once I get to the end of that run, I think Young Justice might be the next thing that I take off as my sort of something to stick on while I'm eating thing. So I'll go and work through Young Justice then, I think. And then the video games, Gotham Knights looks interesting, Suicide. Side Squad Kill the Justice League look like interesting ones so those should be good things to look out for I'm quite intrigued by DMZ do you know the comic book for that no I'm not familiar DMZ I think of the demilitarized zone in uh, Korea yeah that is basically it's not Korea it's actually set in America it's New York City it based on a DC Vertigo comic book so it's a Vertigo imprint they're doing it as a limited series it's set in a near future where America's in the midst of a new civil war the island of Manhattan Hatton has been turned into this uh, giant demilitarized zone. There's a sort of war between the remains of the federal government and the succession free state armies. And it follows a female medic through what happens in Manhattan, basically. And it's uh, Rosario Dawson is playing lead character in that. And it's got Benjamin Bratt in it as well. So... Yeah, it looks like it's going to be quite good. I'm intrigued to see that. It's um, Roberto Patino is the writer of it who wrote on Sons of Anarchy and Westworld. So it's got quite a good writer behind it. And it's uh, Ava DuVernay, who is the director who did uh, Selma and When They See Us. So it could be quite interesting, I think, that one. So I'll be intrigued to see some bits and pieces of that when that comes out. Moving on to other news stories, they have announced over on Netflix that Guillermo del Toro's got a new series called Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. They've announced the cast and writers for it. It's an anthology series, I think possibly because they're trying to sort of compete with the American horror stuff, because I think internationally a lot of the American horror stuff is going to end up moving on to star on Disney Plus rather than running on Netflix, which is where it is at the moment. So I, I do wonder whether this is sort of them covering their bases so they've got a kind of anthology horror thing going on. And if you're going to do it, Guillermo del Toro's a great person to go to for this sort of thing. They are calling it a curated collection of unprecedented and genre-defying stories meant to challenge our traditional notions of horror. From the macabre to the magical, gothic to grotesque and classically creepy, there are eight episodes and uh, some of them are based on original works by del Toro. There are all writers and directors that have been chosen by Del Toro. The cast and writers for the episodes, we've got one episode which is Essie Davis from The Babadook, Andrew Lincoln, of course, from The Walking Dead, Hannah Galway from Sex Life. It's going to be based on an original story by Del Toro, directed by Jennifer Kent, who did The Babadook and The Nightingale. You've got one which is F. Murray Abraham from Mythic Quest and Homeland, Glenn Turman from Fargo and The Wire, Luke Roberts from Ransom and Black Sail, it's going to be an episode written by David S. Goyer, who did all the Dark Knight movies, a whole bunch of DC stuff, Dark City as well. It's based on a short story by Michael Shea, directed by David Pryor, who directed The Empty Man. The next one has Tim Blake Nelson from Watchmen and the Battle of the Buster Scruggs, and Peter Carrillo from Predator and Euphoria, 
Demetrius Gross from Fear the Walking Dead and Lovecraft Country, Sebastian Roach from Man in the High Castle, Young Pope, and like a million other things. That's an episode going to be written by Regina Carrado, who wrote Deadwood and the Strain, based on original story by Del Toro, directed by Guillermo Navarro from Godfather of Harlem and Narcos. So I think that sounds like it's a really solid group. You've got uh, one which is Crispin Glover from uh, Back to the Future Movies and American Gods and Ben Barnes from Westworld, The Punisher, Shadow and Bone. They are in an episode written by Lee Patterson, who did The Colony and Curve, based on a short story by H.P. Lovecraft. That's directed by Keith Thomas, who did The Vigil and Firestarter. Pete Weller from Robocop and Star Trek Into Darkness is in an episode directed by uh, Panos Cosmatos, who did Mandy. Mika Watson from Black Mirror and Troy of Fallen City writes an episode based on a short story by H.P. Lovecraft directed by Catherine Hardwick from the Twilight movies in 13. They've got to announce the cast for that yet. David Hewlett from Sea, Shape of Water, Stargate Atlantis, which is probably the thing most people know for, cast in an episode written based on a short story by Henry Kuttner, directed by Vincenzo Natale, who directed in the talk Grass and Hannibal. And then the last one is Haley Z. Boston from Brand New Cherry Flavor is the writer of an episode based on a short story by comic book author Emily Carroll, directed by Anna Lily Amipour, who directed A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night and The Bad Batch, interestingly, cast to be confirmed on that one. There's some really strong cast and writers and directors, I think, in the various different lines of, of that. And with Del Toro's backing, I mean, I think that could be a really interesting horror series. Yeah, he's done stuff like that very, very well. I'm a huge fan of Pacific Rim that takes his best stuff and puts it on display. Yeah. Out of all the cast, the actually the one that I'm most interested in is actually Crispin Glover, just because he's a supremely weird dude yeah. who lives his own life, actually owns a castle in the Czech Republic <laughs> on 20 acres that he bought back in 2003. I didn't know and that, he, but of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been reading up on him. Uh, apparently there's like multiple rooms that are locked in the castle and nobody has access to. And he's just like, cool. And apparently the guy that owned the castle before him just disappeared one day. And nobody knows what happened. So, wow. Super eccentric dude. But yeah. Wow. That, I think that does sound like it's a great episode. I mean, Crispin Glover's wonderful. Ben Barnes is great as well. And it's a story. It's a HP Lovecraft story that they're adapting mm. for that. So I, I think that sounds like it could be very, very interesting. Tim Blake Nelson, I think he's wonderful as well. And uh, he's in, in one of the one episodes. And Sebastian Roach, he's, it's interesting to see him pop up in there because he pops up in so many different things. Yeah, David Hewitt, I remember him from the Stargate series. He was on the original run for a few episodes and then became a regular cast member on Atlantis when that spinoff hit. So. Yeah, it's interesting to see him cast on there because he's going to be acting on this, but he's done bits of directing as well. So uh, yeah, he's an interesting uh, one, but obviously he was in Shape of Water apparently, which a film I haven't seen, but that makes sense given the Del Toro connection, why he's there. I think that's going to be a very interesting horror series. 
Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, that is called. We don't know exactly when that's going to land, but one to watch out for. Presumably it'll be some point next year because they've only just announced the cast and writers for it. So that's coming to Netflix, though. Definitely one to watch out for. CBS have announced they are developing a new PI drama called Topangaland with Scott Kahn, and it's being co-created with uh, the guy behind SEAL Team. So it's an hour-long drama which is currently under development at CBS. It would see Khan as a laid-back ex-cop who works for his legendary father's PI detective agency, solving cases that take him from Malibu mansions to Topanga's hippie commune to Venice back alleys and everywhere in between, all while navigating a thorny relationship with his dad and the rest of his unconventional family. It sounds pretty much like a standard dramedy setup for a CBS sitcom, really, but it's from Jerry Bruckheimer TV. It's being co-created between Khan himself and Benjamin Cavill, who is the creator of SEAL Team. They've teamed up together. And Cavill also wrote Justified and wrote on Homeland as well. And uh, Sneaky Pete, which was an Amazon series, which was superb. So Scott Khan sort of co-creating it okay fine and starring it and he's fairly watchable I guess but the fact that Benjamin Cavill's involved in it has me slightly interested in it and they're obviously going to be shooting it in Los Angeles because one of the reasons why Scott Kahn wasn't on as many episodes of the last few seasons of Hawaii Five-0 is because his entire family is based in LA and he wanted to be able to spend more time at home with his family so uh, they gave him more time off to be back in LA rather than out in Hawaii where obviously they shot Hawaii so uh you know at least you won't have that problem if they're doing that here yeah have you uh seen the show justified i've not watched it no i i know there's a lot of love out for it and it's one that's sort of on my long list of things that i need to start at some point you know yeah i've talked with matt about this it's a really really good show but it's also very very regionalized it takes place in a rural area of kentucky and there's a lot of things that they get really really right but you're only going to know if if you live or know in that area, right? It'd be like if they did a show around Brighton Beach, there'd be a lot of stuff that you could just get from like Google search and whatnot. But like the really, really nitty gritty stuff, you would only know if you had a lot of people that were from that area. And they do that on Justified really, really well. But uh, Timothy Oliphant is awesome. Nick Searcy is just a legend and kind of a boss. Mm -hmm. So it's it's definitely one that you can watch, but you're not going to get some of like the really subtle references. Yeah. If you're not familiar with that area. It is one that I want to go back and watch. I think this sounds like it could work as a um, CBS drama. It sounds very CBS dramedy, like I say. And I think Scott Kahn's watching enough. They have mentioned that they've got, obviously, it's his father's detective agency. They haven't mentioned casting for his father. I mean, the obvious thing to do would be to cast Scott Kahn's actual father, James Kahn in it, but that isn't apparently on the cards. It wasn't written with that intention in mind. Although I think that could work really, really well because they're both great, but we'll see where they go with it. I think that could be quite a fun one, but it's called uh, Topangaland, technically in development at the moment, but CBS seem quite keen on it. So we'll see whether it actually goes anywhere. And the last story we have this week, The Rocketeer is getting a sequel slash reboot movie for Disney Plus, or they're working on one uh, called The Return of the Rocketeer. Do you know the original movie? I don't know whether you, I mean, because it's quite old at this point. Well, so am I. I'm 47. Yeah, okay, um, yeah, fair enough. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I do remember 
seeing it in theaters, but nothing really since then. Kind of weird that they're bringing this back, but, you know, Disney owns a license for pretty much everything at this point. So, yeah, and I really like the original film. I mean, I remember the original film. It was out in 1991. And for those of you that don't know The Rocketeer, it is, uh, I think it's available on Disney Plus. So it is worth going to watch. But it was directed by Joe Johnson, adapted from a graphic novel. It had Billy Campbell as stunt pilot Cliff Secord, who finds a rocket-powered jetpack at an airfield which had been stashed by a group of Nazis who had stolen it from Howard Hughes, who was played by Terry O'Quinn, who was on Hawaii Five-O and Lost and all that stuff. And they'd stashed it there after their robbery had gone wrong. When Cliff begins to use the jetpack to make some heroic rescues, the rocketeer, as he is named by the press, becomes this big media sensation, but also draws the attention of Hughes, who is looking for his stolen jetpack, the Nazis, obviously, and the FBI, who are also after it, as they all sort of are hunting for him as well. It was a really fun kind of Indiana Jones vain adventure movie of, you know, that sort of heightened comic booky kind of fun 90s adventure thing. And I really, really like what they did with the original film. The remake slash reboot thing that they're doing with it is titled The Return of the Rocketeer. It comes from David and Jessica Aliawu, I think is the name, via their production company. It's a script by Ed Rycourt. Rather than going for a straight up reboot of it, the new version would have a retired US World War II Tuskegee airman who discovers the jetpack and would be the person that takes up the mantle of the hero. And uh, David is probably going to be the person that sort of takes the lead role in it. That's the idea of it. He is uh, Golden Globe and Emmy nominated and he starred in uh, Selma as Martin Luther King Jr. He landed a Golden Globe for the movie Nightingale and uh, he was in The Butler as well and he's been in things like Jack Reacher and Lincoln and uh, he was in Peter Rabbit 2 apparently as well. He was on The Good Wife for a little bit and Le Miserable BBC TV thing as well. Uh, he's also the voice of Agent Callus in um, Star Wars Rebels as well so uh, that's him but he's it's him, him that's sort of co-producing it with his wife and he will probably take the lead role of it the screenwriter is the person behind the Now You See Me movies and the TV drama Wayward Press he also worked on Jessica Jones and Raising Dion as well so uh, he's done some sort of interesting projects yeah it'll be interesting to see if they keep up the frantic pace yeah. that the Now You See Me movies have i don't know if you've seen those or not but man those are just like exhausting yeah you get to the end of that movie and you're just like you felt like you ran a marathon or something you're just like can we take a break for a second (laughs) i mean i I think that could work though for something like this because i mean Mm -hmm. i can't it's been a long long time since i've seen the original film but i kind of remember there was a lot of sort of you know people chasing people chasing people because i say there was like howard hughes and the nazis and the fbi all hunting for this thing so uh, i mean a sort of frantic pace to it probably would work quite well for this as a film uh it has been in development as a film rather than a series which is interesting i because i would have thought this could work quite well as a series but they're apparently doing it as a movie it's called the return of the rocketeer it is in development at the moment so we'll see whether it comes to anything but they they are working on it that we want to look out for that's all the news we've got for this week just some highlights for next week on tv next So in highlights for next week on TV, we have Billions, which is finally returning for the second half of its fifth season. That's on Sky Atlantic. That's on the 8th of September at 9pm. That is back. I'm very much looking forward to that. 
Doogie Kamakola MD, which is starting on uh, Disney Plus. That's on the 8th of September. That's the female-led reboot of the classic Doogie Hauser series. That is going to be airing. I have no idea whether that will be any good or not, but it is on there. American Horror Stories, the episodic anthology series, which is a spin-off from American Horror Story. That is coming to star on Disney Plus. That's from the 8th of September. That will be there on Star on Disney Plus in the UK. Russell Howard Hour is back for its fifth season. That's on Sky Max. That is on the 9th of September at 10 p.m. Wolf, which is a new series coming to Sky Max. That's on the 10th of September at 9 p.m. That stars Babu Sise from Gorilla and Rogue One. He's playing a forensic pathologist in a new drama. It's written by Paul Abbott, who is the person that wrote such things as Shameless, which was brilliant, and No Offence, which was also brilliant. That's going to be a very interesting one to watch. Greg Davis arrives in The Cleaner, which is a new comedy about a crime. I'm seeing cleaner. It's based on a Norwegian show, I think, uh, but that is coming to the BBC One. That is uh, 10th of September at 9.30. That lands. Lucifer returns for its sixth and final, definitely final, no backsies season. That is coming on the, the 10th of September to Netflix. I'm looking forward to that being back. Spitting Image returns to Britbox UK for its second season. That will be back on the 11th of September. Doctor Death, which is a limited season series that's coming to stars play on the 12th of september it's a peacock series in the u.s and uh it won't be airing on peacock over here despite the fact that we are getting peacock it's going to be our stars play and endeavor which sees the return of young expect morse is back for its eighth season on itv on the 12th of september at 8 p.m those are the things to look out for coming up in the next seven days yeah the lucifer one really kind of threw me when i saw that because the way they ended season season five you really kind of figured that was the end of it no it's back once again that's the thing it sort of was going to be the end of it and then it wasn't and they kind of added more seasons and netflix kept on adding more and more stuff to it so uh, this is definitely the final final season they have absolutely confirmed they're not shooting anymore so lucifer season six that's coming on the 10th of september i'm looking forward to that i think that should be good oh yeah i'm a huge fan of tom ellis and his role being lucifer and leaning way heavy into the more salacious and seductive part of that mythology rather than the you know the fire and brimstone and punishment just yeah. it makes it endlessly entertaining yes it is it bears no relationship to the comic book it's based off but i don't care it works really really well as a tv series so uh, yeah works. and i didn't even know that was a dc property until he popped up in the crisis and in infinite earth for all of 20 seconds yes it is it's a, it's a, a dc property it's, it's based on the neil gaiman comic book technically but i mean it bears absolutely zero relationship to the uh, comic book at this point apart from the base basic premise of the devil gets bored and moves to Los Angeles. That's pretty much it. Nothing else on the TV show bears any relationship to it. That's all the stuff to look out for in the next seven days. If they want to find more of you, where can they find you? Well, I'm doing podcasts off of video games and various uh, TV properties with Matt over at Entertainment Talk. You can catch me there. I really don't do the social media, Twitch stream, anything like that. I guess just being old, like I've said before, (laughs) I feel no 
no need to vomit my entire existence on the internet. So I don't really have yes. any of those things. So yeah, you can catch me on the podcast and that's kind of pretty much it. Yeah. So along with Robert, you can go and find Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org. There's lots more podcasts over there. And of course I am co-presenting Walking Dead season 11 podcast, which goes out on Wednesdays over there. So I'm co-hosting that with Matt. For Bex, as we mentioned at the top of the show, you can go and find her over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. As I said, she managed to get through a stream yesterday, apparently without burning her house down, even though she was making a cake. Lots of fun stuff going on over there and well, well worth going to watch. Her work is calming down a little bit right now. So hopefully we will get her back on the show fairly soon. And Daryl, you can go and find over at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love, which are shot in Canada. And uh, there's loads of news and stuff going on over there. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post, find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, and on Instagram at Geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.